Chapter Four of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Four. Summer's real name. Detective Lowney, who had come with the coroner, had said little but had listened to all. Occasionally he would dart from the room and return a few moments later, scribbling in his notebook. He was an alert little man with beady black eyes and a stubby black moustache i want a few words with that caterer's man he said suddenly and then they'd better clear away this supper business and go home we all turned to look at the table it stood in the end of the dining-room that was back of the living-room the sideboard was at the opposite end back of the hall and it was directly in front of the sideboard that summer's body lay lowney turned on more light and a thrill went through us at the incongruity of that gay table and the tragedy so near it as always at vicky van's parties the appointments were dainty and elaborate flowers decorated the table lace silver and glass were of finest quality and in the centre was the contrivance known as a jack horner pie that was to be the surprise said mrs reeves i knew about it the pie is full of lovely trinkets and little jokes on the guests i thought those things were for children's parties observed fen looking with interest at the gorgeous confection they're really for birthdays said mrs reeves and to-day is vicky's birthday that was part of her surprise she didn't want it known lest the guests should bring gifts she's like a child vicky is just as happy over a birthday party as a little girl would be what does miss van allen look like asked the detective she's pretty replied mrs reeves awfully pretty but not a raving beauty black hair and bright fresh colouring how was she dressed giddy clothes in an evening gown returned mrs reeves who resented the detective's off-hand manner a beautiful french gown of tulle and gold trimmings low-necked and all that jewels yes i said as mrs reeves disdained to answer full evening costume and a necklace and earrings of amber set in gold well what i'm getting at is said lowney a woman dressed like that couldn't go very far in the streets without being noticed we'll surely be able to trace miss van allen where would she be likely to go i don't know said mrs reeves she wouldn't go to my home i live way down in washington square nor to mine chirped ariadne it's over on the west side i don't believe she left the house declared the coroner tell us again luigi asked lowney just where did the lady seem to go when you saw her leave this room i can't say sir i was a-looking through a small opening as i pushed the door ajar and i was a so amazed at what i saw that i was sort of paralyzed and didn't dare open the door further go back to the pantry commanded fen and look in just as you did the waiter retreated to the post he had held and setting the door a few inches ajar proved that he could see the body by the sideboard but could not command a view of the hall now i'll represent miss van allen and lowney stood over the body of summers is this the place a little farther to the right sir and luigi's earnestness and good faith were unmistakable yes sir just there now i walk out into the hall is this the way she went yes sir the same lowney went from the dining-room to the hall and it was clear that his further progress could not be seen by the peeping waiter you see fen the detective went on 
from here in the back of this long hall miss van allen could have left the house by two ways she could have gone out at the front door passing the parlor or she could have gone down these basement stairs which are just under the stairs to the second story then she could have gone out by the front area door which would give her access to the street she could have caught up a cloak as she went or said fenn musingly she could have run upstairs the staircase is so far back in the hall that the guests in the parlor would not have seen her this is a very deep house you see it was true the stairs began so far back in the long hall that vicky could easily have slipped upstairs after leaving the dining-room without being seen by any of us in the living-room unless we were in its doorway looking out was anybody so many guests had left that this point could not be revealed i didn't see her declared mrs reeves and i don't believe she was in the dining-room at all i don't care what that waiter says oh yes a madame reiterated luigi it was a miss van allen i know her well often she comes to fascini's and always i take her orders she came even this afternoon to make sure the great cake the jack horner was all right and she approved it ah she clapped her hands at sight of it we all do our best for miss van allen she is a lovely lady miss van allen is one of your regular customers one of our best very often we serve her and always she orders our finest wares you provide everything everything candles flowers decorations all and she pays her bills most promptly by check yes sir and there are no servants here but the maid julie i have often seen others but i fancy they do not live in the house madame julie superintends and directs us always miss van allen leaves a much to her she is most capable when did you see this woman this julie last a short time before before that happened luigi looked toward the body she was in and out of the pantries all the evening she admitted the guests she acted as lady's maid and she arranged the favors in the pie it was i should say ten minutes or so since she was last in the pantry when i peeped in at the door where was julie then i don't know i did not see her perhaps upstairs or maybe in the front of the hall waiting to bring me word to serve a supper tell me something distinctive about this maid's appearance was she good-looking yes a good-looking woman but nothing especial about her she had a many gold fillings in her teeth that's something and lowney noted it with satisfaction go on but luigi seemed to know nothing else that differentiated julie from her sisters in service and lowney changed his questions how could miss van allen get that knife of yours he asked i don't know sir it was i suppose in the pantry with our other knives what is its use it is a boning knife but doubtless one of our men used it in cutting celery for salad or some such a purpose ask them inquiry showed that a man named palma had used the knife for making a salad and had left it in the butler's pantry an hour or so before the crime was committed any one could have taken the knife without its being missed as the salad had been completed and put aside 
in that case miss van allen must have secured the knife some little time before it was used as luigi was in the pantry just previously observed fen that shows premeditation it wasn't done with a weapon picked up at the moment then it couldn't have been done by miss van allen exclaimed mrs reeves triumphantly for vicky had no reason to premeditate killing a man she had never seen before vicky didn't do it wailed ariadne i know she didn't she must be found said lowney but she will be found if she's innocent she will return herself if guilty we must find her and we will a householder cannot drop out of existence unnoticed by anyone does she own this house i think so said mrs reeves i'm not positive but it's my impression that she does vicky van never boasts or talks of her money or of herself but i know she gives a good deal in charity and is always ready to subscribe to philanthropic causes i tell you she is not the criminal and i don't believe she ever left this house in the middle of the night in evening dress that child is scared to death and is hiding in the attic or somewhere suppose mrs reeves said the coroner you go with mr lowney and look over the house again search the bedrooms and store-rooms i will and mrs reeves seemed to welcome an opportunity to help she was a good-hearted woman and a staunch friend of vicky van i was glad she was on hand to stand up for the girl for i confess things looked to me pretty dubious come along too mr calhoun said mrs reeves there's no telling what we may find perhaps there's further tragedy i knew what was in her mind that if vicky had done the thing she might have in an agony of remorse taken her own life thrilled with this new fear i followed lowney and mrs reeves we went downstairs first we examined all the basement rooms and the small city backyard there was no sign of vicky van or of julie and next we came back to the first floor hunted that and then on upstairs the music room was soon searched and i fell back as the others went into vicky's room come on mr calhoun said lowney we must make a thorough job of it this time the bedroom was it seemed to me like a fairy dream furniture of white enameled wicker with pink satin cushions everywhere the most exquisite appointments of silver crystal and embroidered fabrics and a bed fit for a princess it seemed profanation for the little detective to poke and pry around in wardrobes and cupboards though i knew it must be done he was not only looking for vicky but noting anything that might bear on her disappearance but there was no clue everything was in order and all just as a well-bred refined woman would have her belongings the bedroom was over the dining-room and back of this over the pantry extension was vicky van's dressing-room this was a bijou boudoir and dressing-table chiffonier robe chests and jewel caskets were all in keeping with the personality of their owner the walls were panelled in pale rose colour and a few fine pictures were in absolute harmony a long mirror was in a florentine gilt frame and a chaise long by a reading-table bespoke hours of ease ruthlessly lowney pried into everything ran his arm among the gowns hanging in the wardrobe and looked into the carved chests again no clue the perfect order everywhere showed perhaps preparation for guests but nothing indicated flight or hiding the dressing-table boxes held some bits of jewellery but nothing of really great value 
an escritoire was full of letters and papers and this lowney locked and put the key in his pocket if it's all right he said there's no harm done and if the lady doesn't show up we must examine the stuff on we went to the third floor of the house the rooms here were unused save one that was evidently julie's the furnishings though simple were attractive and showed a thoughtful mistress and an appreciative maid everything was in order several uniforms of black and of grey were in the cupboard and several white aprons and one white dress there were books and a work-basket and such things as betokened the life of a sedate busy woman we left no room no cupboard unopened no hall or loft unsearched we looked in under and behind every piece of furniture and came at last to the unescapable conclusion that wherever vicky van might be she was not in her own house downstairs we went and found coroner fenn and inspector mason in the hall they had let dr ramson go home also garrison and miss gale the waiters too had been sent off you people can go if you like fenn said to mrs reeves and myself i'll take your addresses and you can expect to be called on as witnesses if we ever get anything to witness i never saw such a case no criminal to arrest and nobody knows the victim he must be from out of town we'll nail mr steele to-morrow and begin to get somewhere also we'll look up miss van allen's credits and business acquaintances a woman can't have lived two years in a house like this and not have somebody know her antecedents and relatives i suppose mr steele brought his friend here and then when this happened he was scared and lit out maybe steele did the killing suggested lowney no disagreed fenn i believe that dago waiter's yarn i cross-questioned him a lot before i let him go and i'm sure he's telling what he saw i'll see Fascini's head man to-morrow or i suppose it's to-morrow now hello who's that another policeman came in at the street door what's up he said looking about in amazement you hear mr fenn lowney what's doing it was patrolman farrell the officer on the beat where you been asked the coroner don't you know what has happened no ever since midnight i've been handling a crowd at a fire a couple blocks away this is miss van allen's house sure it is and a friend of hers named summers has been bumped off what killed that's it what do you know of miss van allen nothing except that she lives here quiet young lady nothing to be said about her who's the man don't know except named summers r summers never heard of him where's miss van allen skipped what that little thoroughbred can't be mixed up in a shootin he isn't shot stabbed with a kitchen knife let's see him the coroner and farrell went toward the dining-room and on an irresistible impulse of curiosity i followed him exclaimed farrell as he caught sight of the dead man's features that ain't no summers that's randolph schuyler what sure it is schuyler the millionaire lives on fifth avenue not far down from here who killed him but look here are you sure this is randolph schuyler sure of course i'm sure his house is on my beat i see him often going in or coming out 
well then we have got a big case on our hands mason the inspector could scarcely believe farrell's statement but realized that the policeman must know Woo! he said trying to think of a dozen things at once then steele knew him and introduced him as summers on purpose no wonder the clubs didn't know of our summers r s on his handkerchiefs and all that he used a false name cause he didn't want it known that randolph schuyler came to see miss van allen oh here's a mess where's that girl why did she kill him she didn't mrs reeves began to cry she didn't know it was mr schuyler she doesn't know mr schuyler i'm sure she doesn't because we were making lists for bazaar patrons and she said she would ask only people she knew and we tried to find somebody who knew randolph schuyler to ask him but we didn't know anybody who was acquainted with him at all oh it can't be the rich schuyler why would he come here we must get hold of mr steele as soon as possible said fan excitedly breen call up his home address again and if he isn't there go there and stick till he comes now for someone to identify this body call up the schuyler house no better go around there where is it farrell go straight out to the avenue and turn down it's number blank only part of a block down who's going you go lowney said fen mason will you go yes of course come on lowney the coroner gave mrs reeves and myself permission to go home and i was glad to go but mrs reeves declared her intention of staying the night what was left of it in miss van allen's house it's too late for me to go down alone she said in her sensible way and too i'd rather be here in case in case miss van allen comes home i'm her friend and i know she'd like me to stay End of chapter 4